Well, let's get started this evening. Good evening to everybody. It's good to see everybody. We know it's nice weather out, so it's tough to go to Bible study when it's nice outside. But uh, we'll make sure we're out before the sun's down. Let's put it that way, right? So um, tonight we want to continue to talk about, uh, continue our study with James. We, we don't have a whole bunch left. I think we've we got one more study left uh, with James. So... Um, Tonight kind of fits, if you were here for a prayer service on Sunday, tonight's study kind of will go along with that. And I named it uh, prayer, Praying and Healing. And uh, Sunday, we, we, for prayer service, that's what we kind of did. We stood in the gap for those that weren't well or haven't been well and, and, and just started standing in the gap for them to, uh, to start seeing some healing, especially in our church. You know, a lot of people are dealing with different things and and so, um, and then, and then we also prayed for salvation for those over our, you know, our family, and we prayed for our church. It was a great prayer service, and and I thought when we were studying, when talking, going with this tonight, um, I thought it just kind of would go along with kind of what we did, you know, on Sunday night. And I guess the, the first question that I would ask before we even get into to this is, who believes in prayer? I mean, honestly. Uh, and we've talked about it so many times, what prayer is. You know, it's not just talking to God. You know, yes, that's communication. Yes, the basic what prayer is, right? But, but prayer is, is, is just pouring out your heart, right? Pouring out your heart to God. I mean, he already knows it. You know, so a lot of that pouring out is for us, right? To make us feel better. You know, to help, you know, it's better. Like when I talk to somebody, you know, that's how you'll feel better. But when I'm talking to God, I'm also opening doors for Him to move. Amen? I'm, I'm opening doors to, to in, with faith, believing when I pray. Um, with that, let's, let's go to the Lord and pray brief, uh, prayer before we go to the study this evening. Lord, I thank You for the opportunity to be here tonight to study Your Word. I ask, God, that You would open our hearts. I know there's a million other things that we could be doing tonight. But, God, we just want to get into Your Word. And we want to learn, Father, how to pray. We want to learn how to be a people of prayer, so that, God, we can be used by you in, in so many different ways. And so we give you honor and praise. I pray tonight for Gary that you touch him. I pray for each person in this place tonight that you would touch and heal them in their bodies and in their, their, their minds, whatever they need. Lord, meet them at the point of their needs tonight. God, for those who are home tonight online watching this, minister to them where they are even this moment. And we'll forever give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're at James 5, verses 13 through 18 tonight. James 5, 13 through 18. And uh, while you're going to that scripture there, uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Samuel Dickey Gordon, who was a, uh, an author, an evangelistic uh, minister, pretty much in the latter part of the 19th and 20th century. And he was quoted as saying, the greatest thing anyone can do for God and man is pray. Uh, he was, he, it's, not only the, it's not the only thing, but it's the chief thing. The great people of the earth today are the people who pray. I, I do not mean those who talk about prayer, nor those who say they believe in prayer, nor yet those who can explain about prayer. But I mean those, who, those people who take time to pray. And that, that's, that, that kind of hit. It's like, we could talk about prayer all day long, right? Uh, we can even say that we, you know, we, we, 
We believe in prayer, right? We can explain about prayer. We can teach on prayer. But if we're not people of prayer, guess what? We don't have any power. We're, we're missing the point. Um, believers pray. And so there in verse 13, we're going to look at this. It says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with nature like ours, ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. For three and a half and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. And so as James is kind of closing out this, this, this letter, he's closing out his sermon, he's getting close. He's, he said, in, I'm closing a few times here, right? So in closing, he's, he says... Um, He's spending time on instructing the church on kind of when, how, and, and why we should pray, right? And his primary concern for the readers is to pray in times of suffering, right? And that's what he talked about throughout the entire book. You see where he's talking about. But at the same time, he's not saying that that's the only time we should be praying, right? Uh, we've, we've seen through the study of James that we should pray for wisdom when we're suffering, that why? We might endure, Right? Uh, we should pray to God through praises when we're joyful. And we should pray to God for healing when we're sick. And so he covers all these things. And what he's trying to make so simple and, and we're missing is that prayer needs to be a part of our, the center of our life. That prayer is everything. It truly is. Um, when I get a text from Shannon, hey, can you pray for this, that, and the other? Our, for, our response, and I don't, I mean, listen, I know that we all got things going on in different situations, but if at all possible, when someone says, hey, can you pray for this situation or pray for me, my personal belief is I should drop what I'm doing and pray instantly right there. Because we're human. Guess what's going to happen? Five minutes from now, ten minutes from now, twenty minutes from now, I'm going to forget to pray for you, right? I mean, that's, just, that's the nature, of, that's the nature of, our, of, our, of our world. So I would recommend, and, I, and I, I teach, I'm trying to teach myself, when I get a text, the very, I mean, if, if at all possible, which is 99% possible, even if I'm driving, I'll just, you know, say a prayer, you know. Um, and many times, you know, through, you know, though instead of prayer, you know, when we go through difficult situations or we find ourselves sick, how often do we give in to the temptation to grumble or, or grit our teeth, Right? Or find some other way to get through it, right, um, without God. And, and the truth is, and, and this, when we do this, this is why I question that those three questions that I ask about prayer. Maybe we, don't, maybe we don't pray because we don't believe it does anything, right? Well, I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed and I don't, I don't see the answer coming. You're not in charge of the answer. <laughs> you know what you're in charge of? Faith, believing, and prayer. Constant prayer, right? Uh, matter of fact, 1 Thessalonians 5.17 tells us to do what? Pray without ceasing. So you, we don't give up. You know, we, we, we talk about this Sunday. We are going to continue to pray until we see these things come to pass 
that we are praying for. Sure. It goes back to the old, I believe, but help my own belief. So the interesting thing there is we know God answers every prayer, right? Well, no, he didn't answer my prayer, Sue. No, no, he did. If it didn't work out or the door was closed, guess what? That was no, right? Yeah, or it's not in the time, right? Everything's based off of God's will and God's timing and everything. And that's what we're going to see here in a few minutes. But, but, but James does not expect prayer to be this, uh, a spiritual um, Discipline that we kind of just exercise occasionally. Yes, sir. Uh, that's First Thessalonians five seventeen. Pray without ceasing. Yep. Uh, but but again, he, he's not saying that you should use prayer just when you when you need it. He's saying no. Prayer should be something that it should be a natural for us. It should be as natural for us as breathing. Right. Honestly, prayers for us. But, but you, know what's more, you know what's more natural for us? To complain or whine or, or, or grumble. Right? And if we would learn to get off that bandwagon and, and get on the prayer wagon, guess what? We'd probably see a lot more deliverances, maybe a lot more freedoms, maybe a lot more doors opening, a lot more things happening in our life with the blessing of God because we're going to the right person. We're, we're doing it the right way. Um, so I see three kinds of praying in this text that I want to cover briefly this evening. First off, we can see in James 5.13 where he basically says, If anyone among you suffering, let him pray. Um, and so the first thing we see is that you pray for yourself. Anybody pray for, you ever pray for yourself? That's a, I don't mean to be selfish, but that's the first person I pray for. God first, but make my heart right. You know, make, make me right and, and clean me up. And... Um, and so there's praying for yourself. He says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. And, and here, he doesn't go specific on what suffering is, right? He doesn't say it's sickness. He doesn't say it's a trial. He just says, if you're suffering, let him pray. Uh, the response should, you know, shouldn't be going to Roger and me complaining or whining about it, you know. To share it, one thing, say, brother, would you do me a favor? Will you pray for me or help me and pray with me in this situation? That's much different than saying, oh, woe is me, right? And so, um, but in this situation, he, James is saying, you know what? Pray. Pray through the trial. Pray through the sickness. Pray through the difficulty. Um, you know, you don't always need to pull in the elders or the peop other people in. Though, of course, you know, it does help. He's not, you know, but, but in this specific, he's saying, pray for yourself. You know, um, God, God will hear you and answer you even by yourself. Amen. Um, the next thing we see, he says here is praying for the, el you know, praying of the elders over a sick person. Um, and there are times, many a times that are where more intensive prayer is necessary. And James instructs those who are sick to call for the elders of the church to pray over them and, and anoint the sick with oil. And we see that in 14 and 15. And, and he, he, the word that he chooses for sick literally means weak. Right? Uh, depending on the context, the term 
you can also refer to, you know, even spiritual or mental weakness. So it's not just physical sickness we're talking about here. The, word, the way he uses that word, it can literally mean spiritual or mental. Uh, it can refer to a troubled conscience. It can to, to, to severe depression, uh, even overwhelmed with anxiety. I mean, fill in the blank, basically, is what this, could, what this really could be, you know. Um, it could even be a case maybe where the person is so weak and bedridden that they can't get out of bed to, to go to church. And so they call, they call a couple of people, hey, would you guys come over and, and pray for me and lay hands on me and anoint me with oil? And, you know, uh, I mean, you can look at the words and say, you know, you, he, kind of the condition he uses, pray over, you know, as if someone was laying in a bed or, or uh, the Lord will raise them up, you know, impl implying that they were laid low. I mean, these are things that you can get out of the word, just just from kind of text, and so the situation when the elders are called, it, it could involve physical or spiritual, um, but it's important that they answer the call. Um, have I ever gotten a two o'clock phone call for prayer? No, I haven't. But when I wake up in the morning at five, there's a two o'clock text. Please pray for me. You know. That's just the nature that they were in now, right? Um, but I think we need to be—I think we need to be sensitive and willing to, if we do get that type of a call, you know, to say, "Yep, yeah, I'm on it." And you need me to come over? Do you need me to get, you know, Roger and Gary, and, or you know, a couple of ladies? Do we need to come over and pray um, to 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 minister, right? And then he says, talks about the oil. And, and so oil back then was used kind of in, in the ancient world as, as a kind of a medicine. Uh, other ancient resources attest to its helpfulness in everything from toothaches uh, to paralyzed, you know, situations and similar illnesses. And, and look, we look here, and, and James kind of uses the oil as uh, kind of a symbolic significance, right? And we do that even here. We anoint with oil, as, as, as the scriptures um, tell us to do. If you do the study, and the disciples only used oil in their, their healing ministry at, at least once. Uh, you find it in Mark 16 where they went out and they cast out the demons. And it says they anointed with oil many who were sick and, and they were healed. Um, but the purpose here wasn't to focus on the oil. right? It's not the oil that's healing the person. right? It's the power of prayer. That's how the person became healed. Right? Um, and yeah, traditionally, you know, the oil is a sign of God's power to heal. But, but again, he's emphasizing the power of prayer. The third thing we see there is praying for each other. And this one's interesting because he says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And it's very general, right? He doesn't get into too much detail here. Uh, it could include, you know, what we know as a prayer meeting or it could include a private prayer time at home with a friend. Uh, it include it could include a team of prayer people that are you know praying for others in the in the in the, either their presence or from a distance. You know we do that on you know we did that Sunday night. We prayed from a distance. You know for those who couldn't be here, we prayed for them. We stood in the gap for them. Uh, but notice that he in verse 16 that the issue is still healing. He says, "Pray for one another that you may be healed." Again, we're not, not necessarily, every time you talk about healing, it, you, you go right to physical, right? But I think there's more. I think it's spiritual. There, there's a lot of sick, spiritual, and mental, emotional, hurt people. 
So we don't want to limit that and put that in a box when you see that, that word and, and just think, well, it's because the person's got a bad back or whatever. No, we, we want to leave that open. Prayer, prayer has the power to deliver from everything. You know, I mean, there's nothing that prayer can't break a chain of. Um, and, and there's a notion that becoming sick or ill, there's some people that say this, and, and it's, listen, the truth of the matter, there's this notion that becoming sick or ill is a result of sin. Yes, that can be. I believe that. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. I truly believe that. In every instance, no, I, I, I can't get on that boat, personally. Um, you know, if I, get a, if I get a cold, it's because I probably touched something or somebody sneezed on me or Jack's, you know, sneezed. So, I mean, we need to be careful. But it's important to note that, that not all illnesses are, are a result of personal sin, right? But, but James urges us in this scripture, hey, just keep that in your back pocket. You know, keep that, you know, if you do come down with something and, and it's something that's just out of the blue or whatever, basically what he's saying is check your heart, right? Check your life. Make sure that your, your heart and life is good. And, and Psalms 32, David talks about the power of unconfessed sin, um, how it wastes away the bones and drains of the strength. And this, this Psalm 32, along with 51, uh, he wrote that psalm about his unconfessed sin with, with Bathsheba. You know, so he's like, man, that, that whole year, he wasn't feeling too hot, right? Until he got that, that coffee time with Nathan, and Nathan's like, hey, man, I got a story to tell you. You know? Um, let's be honest, sin is, sin, if you're living in sin anyway, you're not going to feel good. Not even from a physical standpoint, right? I mean, from a spiritual standpoint, you're going to be pretty sick. Especially if you're trying to hide it or cover it up. And, and you know what? That's possible going to affect the physical. Right? Uh, you're stressing out. Is someone going to find out? And we know stress can cause sicknesses. So, so there's all kinds of different things that can happen. There's hidden sin or sin in our lives that, that is not, that's not confessed. Uh, and we often, you know, sometimes we assume that unconfessed sin is having only to do with that bad thing. Right? Um, that we did and we never told nobody. That hidden sin. Well... And, you know, while confession of such things to God and to others is healing, we must consider that even the, the subtle sins of something like bitterness, you know, something like jealousy, something small maybe that, that we look at that as being small. Bitterness is not just a, an innocent feeling, but it's, it's a sin that, you know, not to forgive. And, and how can you live, that, uh, live with that in your heart as a Christian, knowing you're forgiven, but you're holding bitterness in your heart because you don't want to forgive? That's going to mess with you, right? And every time you see that person you're bitter against, guess what? You're going to get kind of your blood's going to boil or you're going to get this tense or stress or, you know, uh, and it's going to cause us to be weak and, and rotten from the inside if it's not confessed. So, so, yeah, there is a physical aspect to it, but even more so a spiritual. And to avoid, basically what James is saying here, he's encouraging us to confess our sins to one another uh, to avoid these type of sicknesses. You know, we got enough stress in the world rather than to hide sins and, and cause more in our life, you know. Um, but in doing so, we're going to be able to live out the gospel and uh, the way the Lord's called us to live, right? And um, we just need to make sure to take some time to ask God, hey, you know, reveal, reveal anything in my life that's unconfessed, anything that's hidden, you know, that's trying to burr itself in. Keep, keep, me, keep me on par, you know, keep me sensitive. Um, so that we might be healed. And then J James goes on to say in 17 and 18, he talks about, uh, 
he uses Elijah as a model to imitate. Elijah's probably, him and Elisha are a couple of my favorites out of the Bible. Um, and it says that Elijah was a man of like nature with ourselves, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three and a half, three and a half, three years, six months rather, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth its fruit. Now notice that the example of Elijah was brought in by James to encourage us to, you know, us all who were to, to basically be like. Right? Some people will look at this and say, well, I can't pray like that. I don't have that type of faith. I, I, I don't have that type of prayer life to stop the rain for three, three and a half years. But James makes this pretty simple. Elijah wasn't nobody special. You know what he was? He was obedient. And he believed in prayer. And he had the faith that when he prayed, God was going to hear that prayer. And guess what? We, we can ride that same boat. There's no difference. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to be careful what you say. For sure. Um, because <laughs> even in prayer, right, we can mess up. Yeah. Lord, you know that person annoying me, this, that, and the other. Right? God knows your heart. Yeah, but we want to be careful. Right? But the Bible says that the prayer of the righteous person has great power in its effects. Prayer of a righteous man, you know, righteous availeth much. And again, he gives Elijah as an example and he stresses that he's not in a class by himself. Just because he was called to be a prophet, just because he made the Old Testament, doesn't mean that he's any greater than anyone in this room. I mean, if we took that in, that could change our lives. Honestly. And I've always thought that. Everyone in this Bible that I read about, that I, that I study, that I, man, how do they do this? Did you know each one of us can have the exact same power that each one of these, the, the people in the Bible have? The, the problem is, is we sell ourselves short. We, we don't want to go that far. It, you know, I, I, Lord, seriously, three and a half years, no rain, you want me to pray? I mean, am I really going to believe that, God? Sunday night when we prayed for people, I'm going to be honest with you, I was, I was 110, Lord, to make sure my faith is 110. I was praying with everything inside of me to... Just, I, I believed it. Like, literally. I, 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 want, I saw what I, you know, I just wanted to see these things. And, and, and that's faith. Believing it's going to happen. You know, and sometimes it may happen instantaneously as a miracle. Sometimes it may take a year. Sometimes we may not see it in our lifetime. Right? I mean, think about all the prophets who never really saw what they were told was going to happen. But it doesn't mean we don't let go of the faith. It doesn't mean that God has sold us short on those things. And, and I, think, I think, honestly, we live in a, we've talked about this before, we live in a microwave age. So, like when I put, back in the day, if I wanted frozen hot pockets or frozen pizza, whatever they were, I had to start the oven and wait for that to warm up and then throw it in there and then we have to cook for another 25 minutes. Now I'm 45 minutes in, right, before I get to eat this hot pocket or this whatever this is that's in the thing. Not anymore today, boy. Two minutes for a hot pocket. I'm eating in two and a half, burning my mouth, right? And for some reason, that's the culture to which even the church has accepted. God, I'm going to ask you for this, and I want this now. And we've become this spoiled brat type of a generation where, by the way, God doesn't work in your time. 
or your way, right? His ways are higher than ours. His thoughts higher than ours. And, and, and you know what? In those times we ask for prayer, there's, there's work being done in our spirits, right? There's supposed to be growth of faith. You know, there's supposed to be times where my spirit man's growing, waiting on the Lord, trusting in Him, not leaning to my own understanding. Why aren't you doing this, God? Why aren't you moving? I mean, I've asked that now how many times in the last two weeks? God, where are you at? You know, when, when are you going to move? Well, guess what? Shut my mouth, God. Let me stand on my knees and pray. And, and you'll move when the time is right. And that's exactly what he told me out of Isaiah 60, 22. I shared with the board last night. I said, yeah, the Lord showed me to shut up. You know, he has a lovingly way to tell you to shut up. He says, in the right time, I will move. Okay, well, how are you going to argue with that, <laughs> right? It's not quite the answer I was looking for, but I'll take it, you know? And so that's what it is with prayer, right? We, 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 don't, we want this. We want to be like Peter when the shadow goes by, the people get healed. Yes, that would be radical. Yes, I, I want that too, right? But you guess what? Sometimes I'm going to walk past somebody, and guess what? They're still going to be lame, <laughs> right? But that doesn't change the fact that I'm praying for them to be healed. That doesn't change the fact that they're going to be saved. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yeah, it shouldn't move your faith, right? But you're right. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, oh, that's, that's exactly right. Um, so many of us stand in front of those doors, yes. right? <laughs> Waiting for God to open them. And, and like we have the key in our pocket. <laughs> God says, I'm just waiting for you to open it. You know what I'm saying? I'm ready for you. But it's so true. Um, why don't we see more healings in, in amongst us? Why don't we see more salvation? Why don't we see more things in our life that we've been calling out for? I think we're selling ourselves short in prayer. Yes. You know? Wait a minute, you want to have an hour dedicated to prayer? An hour? No, seriously, like, let's break this down to 15 minutes, right? I mean, am I, I'm not being disrespectful, when I, but that's truthfully how we've become. We expect God to show up on our time and in our way. And you know what? Sometimes God just wants you to shut up and know He's God, right? Amen. I know it says it a lot nicer in the Bible, Judy, I know. <laughs> right? But, but, but sometimes He does, right? And He's just... I honestly believe with all my, all my heart that if we get this into our spirit, this could change us as people, as God's church. Because I think something's happened to the church. We, we've come to a point where, God, you fit in my agenda, you fit in my timeline, and everything's gravy. But you don't show up in my time, you don't, you don't minister, you don't answer my prayer in time, then I'm going to grumble and I'm going I'm to whine and snibble. You know? And you know what? I think once we get prayer back to where it's supposed to be, guess what? You are going to see people lay people hands on people, and you are going to see them raise up. You are going to see cancer by laying on hands disappear. I truly believe that. God has not changed. We have. Right? So that's what we need to remember, that, that he used Elijah. So guess what? He wants to use us just the same. And he has that plan for us. We've just got to get to that position to be used in that, in that situation. Whatever the, need we, you know, whatever the need is, we see the prayer of the righteous man. And I love this. 
is the prayer of a man or a woman who does not doubt God's ability to give healing or strength. That's what that means to me, right? A prayer of a righteous man is a prayer of a man who does not doubt God's ability. So, so here's the question, here's the truth, right? When we pray, honestly, and be, you don't have to answer, but when you're praying, that, that, that spirit of doubt, whatever you want to call it, that thought of doubt, it's already attacking as soon as, soon as you say it out your mouth. If I'm praying for, for a, a, a miracle healing, self is already coming against me and so is the enemy. That, that's not going to happen. You know that, right? Yes, sir? That's exactly where I was going at. That's exactly where I was heading. That's, if that's the attitude we have, you know, be, then why are we even praying? If doubt comes in right there and, and begins to just nick at your faith, then we've already lost the battle at the first Lord, right? And so we have to learn to be stronger than that. You know, we've got to learn to get into our prayer closets. I love that movie War Room, yes. right? And you know what? She doesn't have a bad idea. Get into a room where the dog can't bother you, where the cell phone can't ring, where, where the kids can't come and bug you, where the neighbor can't come and knock on the door. And, and I'm serious. If we, as God's people, as his church, would get to a point where God becomes our priority in life and everything, and prayer becomes our everything, I'm telling you, God's telling us he'll show up like, we've never, like, we, like we read about in the Bible. Let's put it that way. You want to see Red Sea moments? Then we've got to get to the point of the prayer where, where we've got to be at. Right? And, and, and I love that. The prayer of a righteous man is a prayer of a, a man or a woman who does not doubt God's ability. And that, that's huge to say. Because we're built on doubt. Right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, we become selfish. We put a time limit on God yep. to say, you can work, we're going to serve you, you can work, but it's in this time. Yep. And if we give up, it would be to say, throw the clocks out, throw the watches out, throw the time limits out, and allow God to work in His timing. And we work and we serve and we follow in His timing. Yep. Then things will begin to open up more. I what he's looking for is, is less of us. Right? Um, was it, um, I just drew a blank, and I, I think it was John the Baptist who said, less of me and more of him. Yeah. I think that needs to be our daily quote. Sure. Yes, we do. Lord, I, wanted, I want this, but do it this way. Not, I like what you said, you know, and I've said this, you've heard me say this. God is not, a, God is not your personal genie, right? 
So don't go to God saying, Lord, I want a blue must, you know, Dodge Charger with this, that, and the other. You're liable to get a blue Geo with a, it barely has a motor just to show, <laughs> right? I mean, you know what I'm saying? We're not, we're not in, just so everybody knows, we're not in control, right? The truth of the matter is, you may think you are, but truthfully, we're not. Truthfully, it's God's ways, and he, he controls it all, you know? Even the knuckleheadness we see in, our, in, in the world today, you know, God still has his hand upon it. going to say no. True. Years True. And years ago, Renee and I were going to buy a brand new car. And she said, have you prayed about it? I said, no. <laughs> Are you going to pray about it? I said, I don't want to. Yep. And so we prayed about it, and guess what? He said no. Yeah. <laughs> but the reason he said no is like two days later, I lost my job. Yeah. And I would have lost the car anyway. Right. Yes, sir. So true. Did you happen to read the last part of my thing? Because you literally just took the notes. Right? I mean, like, I quit. I'm done. We just go home right now. <laughs> like, I don't even want to say it. That's how close it was. So. Can you imagine if God had changed and became like the parents are now? Oh, Lord. Oh, it's okay. You did your stuff, but I'm still going to give you love. We're already, we're already a spoiled generation. It would have been worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, like Shannon says, contrary to some popular thoughts, God does not heal as a reward for our faithfulness. Right? He doesn't owe us anything. He already did enough just by sending his son. And even that was more than enough. Right? He didn't have to do that. Um, but he doesn't have to heal for, for, our, for our faith. And, and remember that James had warned in the first chapter against faithless prayers. Remember, he was talking about just jabbering your lips, you know, not having any, anything to those. Because um, that's kind of what this is all about, right? It's proven that the issue here is, is it's not that strong faith guarantees healing, but that doubting faith or going through the motions guarantees nothing. And that's huge. That'll actually cause you to check your, check your prayer language, check your prayer time. God, am I just blowing hot air here? Do I even believe what's coming out of my lips? Do I even believe that you're hearing it? You know, and there are those times that I think each one of us have been. We, we, we kneel down, we sit down, however we pray, and, and we begin to pray, and it feels like the word's coming back and smacking you right in the head, you know, and you've got to press through. I mean, I've literally wanted to get up and walk, you know, just because, well, I don't feel like they're getting even get out in my living room. But that's where we are today in 2021. We've got to press through. We've got to get through just the, you know, Hallowed be thy name. Simple prayers. I mean, God does not care about lip service. It's from here he wants to hear. And, and so we need to make sure that we're not going through the motions or we're not, uh, you know, d having doubt faith. And, and that right there is the, that's the challenge, to not have doubting faith. Um, and so the, for, for this week, you know, in closing, I, I put this, you know, to take time 
to, to, to reevaluate your prayer. And, I, and I've been doing this, actually. The Lord's been, the Lord's been uh, lovingly whipping me even on my prayer time, you know. Because uh, how easy is it just to stay, just hit, just stay in bed for a few more minutes, right? Or if the dog, feed the dog, then go back to bed, right? Because the morning's my time that I spend with my God. You know, it's the time that I, that's me and him. Um, and there's times where I'm like, man, that, that pillow's louder than that prayer time right now. <laughs> you know? And so I think I, the challenge in, 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 is this, to take time to pray as individuals, but also pray with our families. You know, for those of us with, you know, to have kids in the house still or what have it. I think it's very important. I told, I told a couple of the people that have the you know, kids still in the house, I said, look, man, it's very important to pray with your spouse, but it's very, very important to pray with your kids. And, and I mean, young kids especially, teach them that this is what we do. And that this isn't tradition. This isn't just because it's something we do. No, there's a, there's a reason we're doing this. Uh, we're, we're communicating. And so I, I had a couple of, uh, there's a couple of suggestions that maybe can make prayer a little less predictable and maybe a, a bit more intentional. And so if you want to try these, you know, add these to the, to the Acts challenge that we're doing and the love challenge of this week. But the first one I put down was the, the prayer of praise. Right? Uh, just take a few minutes, you know. We're so quick when we, when we kneel to pray. God do this. God do that. God this. God this. Right? And we're, we're just, we have a list that we go through right on the... And can you, can you imagine if that's how friends said, hey, what's up to us? I mean, they didn't say, hi, how are you? How you been? It would be like, hey, I need you to do this, this, and this, and this for me. Thank you. Right? That'd be just flat out rude. I'd look at you and say, get away. Right? But that's what we do with God. And so, God, why don't we, go, why don't we start our prayer? Let's take a few minutes just to pray the name of God by describing the character and the quality and, and thanking him for these qualities. You know? You know, simply just declare, God, you know what? You're holy. God, you're beautiful. And God, you know, you're powerful, you're forgiving. You know, and, or, or use the Psalms. If you don't know what words, they grab a Psalms and just pray the Psalms to them. Um, and then the second would be a prayer of confession. You know, just spend some time confessing your sins, you know. God, just purify me. Make my heart right before you. Lord. If there's any hidden sin that, that I'm not even aware of, so that's starting to brew up, you know. God, make me sensitive to me, you know. Uh, forgiveness of words that I either spoke or didn't, you know, actions that maybe at the moment I didn't think was bad. Bring it to memory that, Lord God, if I did somebody wrong, these, these are legit. This is growing and becoming like Christ, right? And, and the goal is to recognize that, you know, though we do sin, um, maybe even against each other, the fact is that we sin against God. That's, that's, the, that's the scariest thing, you know? And... Uh, we need, to, we need to know that God already knows all these things, but we also need to confess it. And then finally, just a prayer of provision. So, you know, we thank God for who He is, and, and we confess our sins, and then we thank God for the, all that He's given. Right? Each one of us in this place, we're, we're tremendously blessed. I mean, we are beyond blessed. Right? God said, I'll just take care of your food and your clothing. We all have a lot more than just that. Right? So we're, we're truly blessed, and we, we can spend numerous, numerous time just thanking God for all that he's given. And we do this to recognize that, you know, even the breath we have, it, it's a gift from God. And it really has a way of putting us in perspective, right? It doesn't matter the talents that we have or the wisdom we have that's gotten us to where we are today. All that's from God. 
And if we keep this, this portion of prayer in place, it keeps us centered, right? And it keeps us humble. And it keeps us our focus on where all this comes from. And, and thanking God, you know, for food or warm home or, you know, uh, everything we have helps us to be content with what God decided to bless us with. Um, but mostly I think we'd want to thank God for the forgiveness that we have through Christ. I mean, if we didn't have that, then we wouldn't be praying this prayer in the first place, right? Um, and then secondly, ask God for your needs, you know? If you've noticed the way that that prayer went, it was, Lord, you're awesome, you know, giving him glory, making sure you were right, confessing your sin, thanking him for your provisions, and then your needs. Your needs were the last thing, right? And... Um, and you know what? Ask for God according to His will. That's a whole separate study and, and message, right? But, but ask God, Lord, you know, what's your will? What's your will in this job situation? What's your will in this living situation? Um, you know, ask, ask Him for healing. If you need healing, God, I need healing. I need a touch. You know, you don't always have to ask the church, right? We, James says it. If you're suffering, pray. You know, um, ask Him for comfort or for wisdom during a trial if you find yourself in too. But in this last thing I put this, becoming people of prayer is going to open up a whole new world to you that you've never, ever experienced with God. Becoming a person of serious prayer is going to change your, change your eyesight of who God is. Um, so let us become that people of prayer and faith because here's why. When we do, we are going to see the healings that we read about in the Bible. Yes, ma'am. We'll move into that position. Yeah. That's exactly right. And so, in, as, as we as we close out tonight, I would ask this question: um, This type of prayer life can only happen if you're consistent. You can't take the study and, and think of it for a week and say, "Oh," and then go back to where you were praying before. I think. And I'm speaking to just this church. I'm just speaking to those who are here in Elmine or if, if, the local, if the rest of the church hears this, this is what my prayer is, to be a people of constant prayer. Because that will change this church. We want to see change in this church. That's where it starts. It has to start there. And that's, that's where it's got to start. Um, and it's not, on, it's not on the pastor's knees and shoulders. It's on everybody here. You know what, God? Move in our church. Bring growth to our church. Bring those people who need you to the altar. Let us be the place, God, you can use to, to be the hospital, to be the, the people to, to, to feed or to love. And so I would ask this night, you know, in, in closing, how is your prayer life tonight? If you were to just do a quick, you know, don't, don't say nothing. If you were to rank 1 to 10, 1 being it's the lousiest ever, I pray, you know, Hey, how you doing, God, once in the morning? And 10, you pray constantly like the Word of God says. Where is it at this evening? You know? Um, 
And so I know I have work to do. You know, I know the Lord's been, been working on me in the last, I guess, the last couple of weeks about my prayer life. Hey, shaping it up. And you know what? He's calling me to, you know, and, and I don't even look at time anymore. You know, I couldn't tell you how long I pray. I mean, I, I pray multiple times throughout the day, you know, many a time just not on the knees. But it doesn't matter how long, right? It's from the heart. It's from the heart where we need to be praying to God. So, um, any comments or, or closing, closing comments anybody have? So let's just go out there and let's, let's change it up. Let's be people that, that love, like we talked about on Sunday. And let's be people of prayer. So what God's trying to do is trying to change us. You know what he's trying to do? He's trying to mold us into what he wants us to be for this community. I mean, we, and I pray, that, I pray that we see that. I pray that we'll accept that and apply that to our lives. And, and you know what? Yeah, we may fall and skin our knees, but let's get back up and be that who he's called us to be. Amen? All right, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word, and I thank you, Father, for the lesson that we've looked at, what James brings to us, Lord. How important prayer is, Lord God. It's, it brings... It builds our faith, Lord God. It brings communion to you and us, Lord, between us. And Father, we know that if we become people of prayer, Lord God, that things will begin to move. You'll begin to move in, in, in our church, in our own individual lives. But God, we have to be consistent, Lord. We have to be serious about it. We have to have that strong faith, Lord. Not doubtless faith and, and motion, just going through the motions or gabbing our lips. God, let the words that come out of our mouth be from your heart, Lord God, from our hearts, Lord, to your heart. God, let the words that when we pray, God, just begin to move and move and stir your heart, Lord God. And when we don't know what to say, the word says that the Holy Spirit will pray for us, Lord. And so we just ask in the name of Jesus that you would change me tonight. God, change my prayer life. Change the way that I pray. Let me not be so microwave, God, but let me trust you when I call upon you to be consistent in that prayer until I see the answer, whether it be yay or nay, Lord God. But let me continually be in prayer, Father. I give you honor and praise, and I thank you for the opportunity we had to study your word. I ask it to minister to us and to change us and to make us more like you. Lord, I ask you to keep your hand upon us as we leave tonight. Bring us back Sunday, Lord, to celebrate our fathers and most importantly you, Lord God, and to worship and lift you up. We give you honor and praise and that thy will be done in this church. Thy will be done in this in, in my life, in all of our individual lives and in our families. And we give you honor and praise for all of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.